the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. How is everybody on this beautiful Saturday, uh, January 21st, 2023. Man, I can't believe that I'm actually saying 2023. At any rate, welcome to the show, my friends. We've got a great one for you today. We've got three great guests for you who are ready to uh, give you the latest of what is happening with regards to the border. And, um, you know, the the fact of the matter is, my friends, that uh, regardless of the visit that uh, President uh, Biden did a couple of weeks ago, despite uh, or or in spite of the fact that he uh, met with the president of Mexico, Lopez Obrador, uh, there's nothing that's changing. In fact, it seems like all they're doing is greasing the wheel so that uh, there'll be more people coming in. And, um, you know, again, the way that they're doing it is that they're playing uh, with the executive orders uh, as well as um, regulations that uh, really are questionable, and what they're doing is create what what these liberals are creating are doing is creating a a, uh, a legal mess that's uh, going to be so difficult to unwind uh, at a later date. I mean, it, it's like uh, you're going to be trying to uh, to remove uh, or to st- uh, straighten out spaghetti one strand at a time. I mean, it's going to be that difficult. So, uh, at any rate, welcome to the show, my friends. We've got some great uh, uh, guests for you. Uh, let me give you some updates, some news updates real quick here. Let's let's start with the uh, visit by New York City Mayor um, a- Eric Adams to the border, to El Paso, last week. Uh, later in the show, we're going to have uh, Ms. Uh, Armendariz, Ms. Uh, Armendariz Jackson, um Irene Armendariz Jackson, who ran for Congress in uh, El Paso. She's going to be chatting with us about the visit of the president and the visit of the uh, uh, mayor to El Paso. We also have uh, Rodney Scott on as well. Rodney Scott is the former Border Patrol National Chief, National Border Patrol Chief uh, out of Washington, D.C., who has retired. And uh, he's going to be on chatting a little bit more about... um, as well about the visit uh, by the by uh, the president to uh, El Paso, uh, the meeting in in Mexico with the president of Mexico, what that means. Uh, he's also going to be chatting about um, the new uh, uh, Republican House that we've got and what it means, what its uh, uh, what its potential is, and hopefully what we we expect from it. We also have uh, Mr. Randy Clark, who is a reporter, news reporter for Breitbart. Uh, on the border. He is going to be chatting about um, the Biden administration uh, signaling changes, some changes to uh, to the border, uh, to securing the border. We're going to find out exactly what that means. He's also going to be talking about uh, an investigation by the Texas Rangers. You're going to really want to hear this. Uh, an investigation by the Texas Rangers of um, some uh, arm, arm, a smuggler that uh, apparently killed himself, shot himself uh, when the uh, border patrol, when the um, uh, border patrol and DPS, uh, the the public safety folks were closing in on him, he probably he, he, it looks like uh, he shot himself. The question is why, and uh, they're looking into that. Um, he was carrying uh, some arms as well, so that's going to be a very very interesting um, report that he's got for us. He's also got 
uh, a very, very disturbing report about five migrant or illegal alien uh, sex offenders that were caught. Uh, these illegal aliens had been pros- uh, prosecuted, had been arrested and prosecuted for uh, sex for, for sex, sexual offense, for rape. Uh, in the United States, they had fled and gone across to Mexico, and now they were coming back in when they were caught. So, uh, again, my friends, one of the things that we've got, one of the big problems that we've got with uh, this open border is uh, criminals coming in, not only new criminals, but criminals that um, that uh, were in the United States that escaped justice, and they fled. Now they're trying to come back. Uh, so um, uh, those are our guests. Let's uh, let's go first of all to our uh, to our uh, news items real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll go to our our interview. Okay, so let's start with the uh, visit last Sunday uh, to uh, El Paso by the uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He toured uh, El Paso. Uh, looked at the at uh, the the problems that they are facing. He was the guest of the um, of the mayor of El Paso. Uh, both of them are Democrats, by the way, uh, Oscar Leeser, and um, they uh, chatted about this problem that they've got and uh, the impact that illegal aliens are going are having on El Paso, and they are having on New York City as well. Let me remind everyone again: this is the second phase of the of the um, open border crisis this is the second phase that being the impact that illegal aliens illegal immigration is going to have on your community homelessness that's been the big one in uh, El Paso because they are just overwhelmed overrun same thing in New York City uh, all of their uh, all, all of their homeless shelters are, are uh, filled to the brink and they've had to um, uh, utilize uh, hotels. They've had to rent hotels to put these people up. And um, uh, the mayor of, of New York estimates that about two million billion, two billion with a B, two billion dollars will be needed in twenty uh, this coming year in twenty twenty three to house to take care of all of the illegal aliens that are coming into New York City. Imagine that. Okay. So who do you think is going to pay for that? For that bill, my friends, that two billion, uh, and that's gonna that that is happening in San Antonio. That is happening in Houston. That's gonna happen everywhere in every major city. Uh, the the other the other interesting uh, story here, and these stories are coming from Democrats. It's you know it's it's, hyster- it's hysterical. The Democrat mayor of uh, of um, Colorado is busing Governor Jared Polis. The Democrat, he announced this past Saturday that he would start he would start um, uh, busing uh, that he 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 was going to bus uh, illegal aliens. The gov- the mayor of uh, of Denver has been busing them already. Well, uh, the, you know, the, again, Colorado wakes up one morning and realizes they've got a ton of illegal aliens in their in their backyard, and they are freaking out. Uh, it, it's really really bad now. Of course, New York City and Chicago, they're screaming and yelling. Uh, so, uh, again, Paulus uh, says that these I- illegal a- sending these illegal aliens elsewhere is not, uh, is, is not a-, a good thing. So what, uh, what uh, typical, typical of Democrats, uh, what are they asking for? They're asking for more money. They're asking for money, more money. <clears throat> uh, the governor of New York, the uh, mayor of New York, the governor, the, the mayor of, uh, of El Paso, uh, the governor of Colorado, all of them are asking for more money, my friends. They're all asking for more money. Now, uh, related to this, uh, you know, instead of saying let's stop, uh, let's stop the the uh, the this invasion, the tsunami of illegal aliens. No, they turn around and they want more money to spend on these people that are coming into the country. I, I don't know what am I missing here, folks? What am I missing? Uh, and another uh, topic. Uh, is the chases, the dangerous chases that are happening at the border. For example, there was a routine traffic stop in, De- um, uh, in, in Del Rio last week, and it turned into a high-speed chase. Now, this is not unusual, my friends. This is not unusual. It turned into a high-speed pe- chase uh, after three legal aliens were seen bailing out of that vehicle. <coughs> oh, excuse me. That's um, my allergies still acting up. At any rate, 
um, three uh, three illegal aliens bailed out of the uh, out of the vehicle uh, when when it was uh, spotted by the DPS Department of Public Safety, and uh, the chase was on, and so uh, eventually the driver plowed uh, into um, uh, into some bushes off the road. Uh, the driver and the passenger ba- tried to bail out, fled on foot, but they were caught by the troopers. Uh, get this. The driver was a 16-year-old and has been charged with smuggling persons and evading arrest. A 16-year-old. The passenger was a 17-year-old who was also charged with smuggling people and in, smuggling persons and evading arrest. And they were transported to the uh, uh, Del Rio Valverde County Jail. Uh, both of these kids were from the Del Rio area. Uh, it's, I mean, folks, do you see what's happening to our communities? Even, I mean, it's not enough that our that our youth are being affected by drugs, by the uh, by the fentanyl problem, but um, you know, the lure of easy money is is taking its toll with these kids as well. <clears throat> there was also a situation where uh, the Department of Public um, Safety the uh, state troopers, as we would call them in other states, arrested three men from uh, from Fort Worth uh, near the Mexican border who were trying to smuggle illegal aliens in the, in their trunk. <clears throat> these uh, in, these arrests happened that this past Wednesday uh, when a, a state trooper uh, stopped the vehicle uh, in Valverde County, which is Del Rio. Again, my friends, these are, are all situations, my friends, which could be avoided if we shut down the border, if we stop encouraging people to come here illegally. I mean, that's the bottom line. Now, <clears throat> the issue of crime, the issue of crime is real. Uh, again, there was a uh, discussion, a very heated discussion uh, in the media related to how much crime do illegal aliens really cause? Well, it depends on how you, you, you do the calculation, because one of the situations that's been happening lately well, not lately, but past 10 years, 10, 20 years, is that many of these liberal communities, many cities, liberal cities like New York, like Los Angeles, uh, will not report if a person that is arrested is an illegal alien. They will not note the person's uh, immigration status. However, if you do some type, some type of, of investigating, of checking around, you will find, my friends, you will find that crime figures, uh, that the crime figures are, 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 are real. Using Arizona Department of Corrections data, for example, from 1985 through 2017, it was calculated that illegal aliens in Arizona, ages 18 to 35, are 250 percent. Let me say that again. That illegal aliens in Arizona, 18 to 35, are are 250 percent more likely to commit crimes than young uh, than uh, citizens the same age. So the, these illegal aliens will commit crimes such as uh, serious crimes, such as murder, robbery, and sexual assault. This is reality, my friends. And it's even, you know, it, it, even if illegal aliens don't commit uh, these crimes, the higher it, 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 there's a, a higher rate at higher rates than citizens. Nonetheless, my friends, they shouldn't be here to commit any crimes. They should not be here to commit any crimes. So, you know, to argue well, you know, that they they commit crimes in lesser numbers than citizens, my friends, they shouldn't be here to commit any crimes, large, small minor, major, whatever. How about that? It, it, is, it, is, it is absolutely outrageous what is happening. All right, folks, enough of my ranting and raving. Uh, let's go to our first guest, Mr. Rodney Scott. And like I said, he is the former uh, president, or he's the former chief, national chief of the Border Patrol in Washington, D.C. He is retired. Uh, we're so happy to have him on the show. Uh, he's going to be followed by uh, Mr. Randy Clark, uh, news uh, a news reporter at the border for Breitbart. And then our final guest is going to be Miss Irene Armendariz-Jackson. Please, please, please call your friends. Tell them to join us. 
And um, we'll be right back with our first guest. Thank you for joining us, my friends. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas on this Monday, June, uh, J- January, June, my gosh, I wish, January 16th. 2023, and we've got our good friend, uh, former Border Patrol Chief, National Border Patrol Chief, uh, Rodney Scott, and I wanted to talk to him about uh, his uh, thoughts on the uh, on the Biden visit to El to El Paso and to Mexico, as well as um, the new House, the new Republican House that we've got. Uh, Rodney, thank you very very much for taking time to be with us. Um, what are your thoughts about um, the uh, Biden visit to El Paso and his meeting with um, with the uh, Mexican uh, president? Yeah, yeah, thank you for having me on once again and uh, continuing to talk about this very, very serious issue to our nation. So uh, Biden's visit to El Paso, I want to give credit where credit is due. At least he went. It's the first time he's actually taking that little amount of time and actually went to the border, but in context, the entire trip or the entire visit was about three hours, from what I understand. As you guys know, uh, El Paso went through, you know, jumped over mountains basically to clean up the city uh, before he got there. So he really didn't get to see the chaos, unfortunately. I do personally know some of the leadership, both from the field operations side of Customs and Border Protection and the Border Patrol agent side that actually briefed him. And I am highly confident that they gave him the truth, that the border's out of control, that that, that uh, this mass chaos is creating huge vulnerabilities for, for our nation, uh, that, that we basically gave control to the cartels. So at least plausible deniability uh, is gone. Beyond that, the ideology of this administration, I'm not sure if anything's really going to change. I, I literally would not put any, uh, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet on it. And then you touched on this too, you know, the trip to Mexico and watching him interact with the president of Mexico and the issues they chose to discuss just kind of reinforced my opinion that the visit to El Paso was just a photo op, um, unfortunately, and that I really don't see them taking the border seriously because, again, they campaigned on an open border and all they seem to think that the problem is is how fast you can process people and release them into the United States. They refuse to talk about, as you just mentioned, the fact that we gave complete and total control to the cartels and that they're now picking and choosing who comes into our country instead of the United States government itself. Um, and until they acknowledge that, um, it's going to be somewhat problematic, going, well, very problematic going forward. You know, it's very, very interesting that um, uh, Ortiz, uh, the um, border, the current Raul Ortiz, the bo- current Border Patrol chief, um, he actually, four days ago, uh, told the president in a meeting, and then he announced it pro- publicly, at least from from the news, uh, that um, the border policies were not working; that it was creating more more havoc. Which I found very very um, interesting. The other thing is the sheer numbers in December: uh, over two hundred and fifty thousand encounters just in November. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, and I believe that's just the southwest border. And I keep trying to remind people, it's the United States Border Patrol. Um, and even though Texas and the southern border is getting a lot of attention because of the massive flows, and it should, uh, we still have border, uh, coastal border, northern border. So there were actually over 280,000 encounters if you do the whole nationwide numbers. Wow. Um, and, and, and again, it also takes away from legal trade and travel. So one of the programs that the administration, you know, they're, they're, they're pushing out is this increased parole and uh, about 30,000 uh, migrants going to be allowed into the United States legally through this parole process. If, and Mexico is going to take like 30,000. But everybody, no one wants to talk about who's going to process them. So they're going to be pushed into a port of entry where we already have significant backlogs and legal trade and travel. You know, many people commute back and forth across that border every day for work, for school, for, for commerce. That's going to slow down even further. It's going to cause more ripples in our supply chain because Customs and Border Protection officers, it should be at seaports, at airports, clearing cargo and personnel. 
are going to be sidelined further processing people that really have no legal right uh, to be in the United States. And instead of enforcing our laws and actually making sure that we weed out the fraud in the asylum process, this administration is doing the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. It is out of control. I believe the chief of the Border Patrol has not been on record before under oath uh, d- during a couple of trials, basically, or, or lead up to the trial. He testified that, yes, these policies are making this situation significantly worse. Unfortunately, that's the only time he's allowed to talk. <laughs> this administration has put him in a box, and unless he's you know, in front of a judge or under oath somewhere being asked questions, he's not allowed to speak. Yeah. Yeah, there was also an unfortunate situation uh, a week ago, uh, or a little over a week ago, where a uh, Border Patrol agent uh, was uh, was filmed uh, taking a uh, an, an, e- an illegal alien down at a homeless shelter, and uh, no 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 nothing about what led up to that, nothing about the illegal alien or anything of the nature, just a picture of him uh, taking the individual down, and uh, there was an immediate uh, sense that this was going to turn into another. Haitian violence uh, whipping uh, situation. Now, I haven't heard much about it. Have Have you heard much any, anything about that situation? Um, I have not actually. It, it doesn't surprise me though that people take you know two seconds of video and they're always trying to you know make the the people that are out there trying to protect them every day. They try to make them look bad. Yeah, I can tell you from my thirty years of experience in the border patrol. Um, you know, no situation starts out that way. Agents ask people to comply. They, they, they usually, especially if it's in town like that, they're asking questions about nationality or, or trying to isolate. Um, and then people bow up. And when I say bow up, I mean, they'll take like a fighting stance yeah. or you'll, you'll see that look. Um, and I want to remind everybody out there, law enforcement is out there, border patrol is out there to protect every single American and keep this country safe. But they also have a responsibility to their family to go home safe each and every day. Well, that's a thought. That is really, really a, 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 a sobering thought. Um, let me ask you um, uh, about the uh, new House uh, in Congress that we've got, the Republican-led House. Uh, do you see any silver linings there? You know, it's going to be a challenge, but I really do. So the one thing that I think the, the House can bring to this debate, this discussion, if you will, that has been missing is transparency. As I mentioned before, the, the only time the chief is allowed to speak or tell the truth about what's going on on the border is if he's under oath or, or put in a situation where he's being asked very specific questions by, by leadership. This Congress can do that. They can hold hearings. Uh, they can bring the secretary in. He's going to lie, but they can bring in his staff. They can bring in career government officials that have no hidden agenda. They just want America to know what's going on and have them testify under oath. I think bringing some transparency to what's really going on can help. And then Congress also gets to control the purse strings. So there'll, there'll be some hard-fought battles there and some important decisions for Congress to make deciding where they're going to draw that line. But this is a national security issue to, to our country. I can't think of anything more important to a nation than having secure borders because everything else is secondary to that. Um, and, the, and this Congress can can leverage their purse strings a little bit to, to force that discussion. But at the end of the day, any meaningful legislation is going to have to pass the Senate and pass this through the White House. And I do not see them willing to budge off their idea, their open border globalist ideology at, at all. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've got to agree with you. I think that it's, it's going to be very, very difficult. I mean, they just don't see a, uh, a, a an issue to protect the border, to control the border. Uh, they just see it as, uh, well, you know, as a as a welcome wagon, as a as an open gate. That's all there is. Uh, Rodney, yeah, it's too bad. And as, and as long as they control the dialogue and continue, and this is what I really want to reach out to your listeners. You know, as long as they we allow them to control the dialogue and they just talk about you know helping these these people from impoverished nations, you kind of lose the emotional discussion. That's right. But we need to be adults here and talk about the border is just like our house. And all we're asking people to do is come through the front door and make rational adult decisions about who's allowed to stay, who's allowed to come in. But we can't do that today. We've literally given control to the cartels, and the cartels are using these massive amounts of people to create holes in border security to push through real threats. And this administration refuses to talk about it. 
But if your listeners start bowing up too, right into their congressmen, right into their senators, regardless of party, and demanding transparency and demanding that people come through our front door, I think the Americans can do something about it even more than just the Republican Congress. I couldn't agree more. You know, there was a very, there's a very, very interesting um, ad that was in the uh, on the NFL games on Sunday uh, regarding migrants being like Jesus and uh, being nothing more than refugees. But they don't mention anything about them being ent- entering the country illegally. <laughs> they just say they're just refugees. The uh, you know the media just is is really controlling this this narrative. Yeah, and there's a definition of refugee, and people need to look that up. That that's a specific process. That's not what this is about. And not not to get too deep, but I remind people because there is a lot of NGOs that, that that push some religious angles on this that are not accurate. First deportation ever recorded in history was in Genesis. <laughs> people were required to follow the rules when they didn't. They were they, they were got pushed out. <laughs> Beautiful. I like that. Roddy, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. We appreciate it, folks. We've been speaking with our good friend Rodney Scott, the former uh, Border Patrol, National Border Patrol Chief. You stay safe, and thank you very much. We'll get you back on the on the show real quick. Stay safe, too. Have, have a great day. Bye-bye. Once again, George Rodriguez and Con Servador talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, uh, Mr. Randy Clark with Breitbart, the news reporter uh, for Breitbart in uh, the uh, uh, Texas, South Texas border here in Del Rio, Eagle Pass area. And Randy also, very interestingly, is a Florida Border Patrol uh, agent. Uh, so he, he, is, he views this uh, situation from uh, very, very important uh, looking eyes. Randy, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Um, let me ask you about three issues that you have re- reported on because we need to hear more about this. First of all, um, that the Biden administration has uh, signaled some changes uh, to secure the border. What, what might those changes be? Because we're kind of kind of surprised on that one. Well, some of those are under the radar and some of those are a little bit more in your face, which is kind of unusual for this administration when it comes to to making any attempts to apply consequence to those that are crossing the border illegally. Uh, one of the first ones is right before the announcement of his visit to El Paso and, and the conference he had in Mexico with uh, Canadian leader and, and uh, AMLO, uh, the border started getting cleaned up in El Paso. They started moving people out of the area. They started sending them to South Texas. They cleaned up the streets to, to make better optics for his visit. But also, they asked the Mexican government to establish some checkpoints on the highway to avert the buses and get them to move elsewhere, and then to also slow down the issuance of travel documents that allow them to get to the U.S. border in the first place. So that caused an immediate slowdown, but he also, at the same time, started to apply Title 42, the CDC emergency COVID order, to Nicaraguans, to Venezuelans, and also to Cubans. So that caused a big slowdown in what we were seeing in many parts of the border, which was large groups of migrants crossing in mass, groups of up to 500, 600. Uh, one group in Eagle Pass got as high as almost 700 migrants in one single group. That has disappeared. Uh, If you go to the shelters in Eagle Pass, you see that there are no longer people walking along the streets. In fact, one of those shelters has now begun to provide services for local residents in the form of a food pantry and clothing, uh, providing clothing to people in need. So that's significant when it comes to those larger groups. Those were people who were surrendering, expecting release. They would eventually end up in uh, the shelter there near you in San Antonio. So we've seen that change through applying a consequence of Title 42 to those people that he was not applying it to in the past. But also, we saw a shift of landings in Florida from Cubans that are no longer coming into Mexico. Cubans and Haitians that are no longer coming into Mexico on foot are now trying to hit the coastline of Florida. Uh, What I noticed through my research was 
there are multiple flights daily at times into Cuba, into three separate airports by ICE air operations. So they are actually removing those people that are not interdicted at sea using the Coast Guard. They're using ICE flights to send them back to Havana uh, and also Santa Clara in Cuba. So several flights a day, one aircraft did 10 trips just since January the 1st. So that's the one that's under the radar. That's not getting spoken about. So something has caused a new posture change, and there are now threats on Twitter from CBP telling migrants that if you're not amenable to immediate return under the COVID order, we're going to use what more widely used expedited removal authority and send you back to your home country with a five-year ban on reentry. So that that's what's different, is that for some reason, and, and many think it's the new Republican Congress coming in that's going to have greater oversight, is that there's now an urge to slow this down finally. Wow, incredible. Now, it's interesting also that um, while they're doing this, the uh, the border seems to be getting even more violent. The, the number of, of chases, uh, the uh, illegals resisting to uh, being arrested or detained. Uh, you've reported on Texas Rangers investigating um, the uh, the death of an armed smuggler. Tell us about that. Well, that was a bit of a strange one. And, and, and yes, we know that some of the traffic has slowed down, but that was not the traffic trying to get away. That was not the traffic that was appearing on highways creating a danger for motorists. Those weren't the people traversing through the ranches trying to get away from the border patrol. That's what we're going to see probably increase. So even though we've seen maybe a 30 40% decrease in crossings, we haven't seen any change. In fact, it's even gotten worse on the highways. More smugglers are traveling armed. And in this case, uh, there were authorities in Kinney County that attempted to stop a vehicle that fled from them uh, a short distance up the highway. Migrants jumped out of the vehicle. The vehicle continued and came to a stop. And uh, it was a pretty graphic scene that the officers encountered when they got up to the vehicle. Uh, they thought it was just a, a car crash and, and didn't appear to be that violent, but they found the interior of the vehicle coated with blood. There was extensive head injuries and uh, really even too graphic to describe. Uh, I, I observed those photos of what they saw, and uh, and it was kind of confusing to them because there was a weapon found in the vehicle. So they don't know if the smuggler uh, ended his own life because the damage to the vehicle wasn't significant enough to produce the injury. So they called in the rangers for that, and uh, the sheriff has ordered an autopsy. So that that's going to, to be a while before we find out, but that's just par for the course on the highways right now. We have seen, in fact, the Border Patrol has reported that more smugglers are traveling armed. There is a weapon within reach, and usually it's loaded. That's incredible. And uh, also, are the, are the people that are... Uh, offenders that are or that have uh, sex uh, records, sex offender uh, records, uh, they're being caught as well. Not to mention other types of uh, of felons that are coming back into the United States. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So you know, if if you look at what we saw in Del Rio over two weeks, there were five sex offenders. Most of them uh, with previous crimes in the United States related to sex offenses involving children, which is alarming. Those are the folks that really want to get away. That's not being impacted by these new policies. Those folks never were going to present themselves hoping to gain release. Uh, we may be in a better spot now with more Border Patrol agents out on patrol because they don't have the big groups to, to make a better effort to catch those types of people. And, of course, five and two weeks, we know that on average here, just in Eagle Pass, we're looking at close to a 1,000 a day still, even with the reduction that we have right now. So it certainly is the minority amongst the groups crossing, but that's what you have to worry about because if that's the minority, if that less than 1% is what comes into your house at night, it doesn't matter whether it's less than 1%. It's still something to worry about. We have a right to know what comes into our country and you know we're hopefully gonna head in that direction, but time will tell because several important things could happen that turns this whole situation on its head. Now, you know, we've known that repeat offenders, that uh, folks with uh, criminal records that have been deported have always tried to come back in. But I would imagine, and this is just my me uh, surmising, 
that because we have had so many people coming in, uh, I believe the number for December for encounters, for encounters. Now, these are the folks that people, uh, these are the folks that, these are not the gotaways, but people that were encountered, 250,000 for November, I mean, for December. Among yes, those, and so. Yeah, among those, there have to be some, some, some felons. Oh, absolutely. But you don't need to worry about the ones that are inside. There were there were actually 220,000 just in the nine border patrol sectors along the southern border. That's not including CBP and the coastal. Those are caught, and they face some significant penalties if they've been removed as an aggravated felon. So we won't see those folks anytime soon. Yeah, It's the ones that are part of the 72,000 gotaways that were registered during that month. Wow, That's what you need to worry about because those, we don't know who they are. And, and where they went. Wow. So 72,000, you can make the assumption that the vast majority are coming for economic reasons and they're from countries that would have gotten them expelled by Title 42. But take less than 1% of those and, and give them that label of hardened criminal of previously convicted and or that we don't know had a conviction from their own home country. And you're still talking about over 700 potential in December alone that are very, very dangerous people. Wow. Uh, that, 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 is, that is very, very disturbing. So do you see any kind of silver lining? Uh, first of all, because we have, we're, going, we're going to have a, a Republican House uh, as well as anything positive coming out of the president's visit to the border and to Mexico? Well, we see a, a slight bit of positive change in the posture that there seems to be a willingness to apply consequence. However, there are some things that are, are still in the works that I say could turn this all on its head, which is the number of people from all of those countries, Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, Colombia, Peru, that are in Mexico awaiting crossing. And there's almost 60, 70,000 based on some estimates and more arriving daily. So we see the work that some of these reporters are doing showing us what's coming. Well, that what that which is in transit is what we have to worry about. What are they going to choose to do out of frustration when they get here and realize the door may be slightly closing? And then Title 42 is still up in the air. If that completely goes away, that makes the process of removing somebody all the harder, even if there is a will to do so. So there are some things that could happen that uh, that may make this situation worse and also those people that are being returned that otherwise would have surrendered, they may turn to the ranches and to the cartels to get them over, which means the highways may get more dangerous. Those folks that have been dealing with robberies and burglaries on the ranches, they may see that grow in multitudes over the next few months. So this has to play out, and watching what the administration does to, to curb is going to be the interesting thing. Wow. Randy, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Tell the folks where they can follow you. They can follow me uh, on Breitbart News, uh, our Cartel Chronicles page, and they can also follow me at Randy Clark BBTX on Twitter. You got it. Thank you very, very much, folks. We've been speaking with our good friend, uh, Mr. Randy Clark, reporter from Bartmart, Breitbart in, uh, uh, here along the Texas border. Thank you, Randy. Have a good one and stay safe. Thank you, George. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio in South Texas. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, on this Monday, June, uh, January 16, 2023. And we've got our good friend, Miss Irene Armendariz Jackson from El Paso. She's a former uh, candidate for Congress out there. Uh, and uh, she... Um, I reached out to her because uh, I'd like for her to give her give us her thoughts on the president's visit last week to El Paso, as well as this past weekend, the mayor of New York also visited uh, El Paso. So, um, Irene, welcome to the show. It sounds like El Paso has become a tourist stop. <laughs> Wow, I had my my little speech thanking you, and then you you throw that. Uh, unfortunately, not the kind of tourism that we're looking for here. <laughs> but thank you for having me, George. Thank you. Tell us uh, what what are your thoughts about uh, first of all the president's visit uh, out there? How did how was he received? What did uh, what do you think happened? How did the media react? Well, I think the media, if you talk to the actual reporters, they're fed up 
with everything that's going on. They've been fed up for a while. Um, it was kind of interesting because people, as soon as it was announced that Biden was coming, they started texting me, calling me, mailing me, blah, 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 blah. Uh, are we going to do something? We need to show him that um, we don't want him here. Yeah, you know, all that stuff. But it's interesting that they reach out to me because I have become uh, the doer of the Republicans here in El Paso. And so I don't have a, a title or anything with the local GOP. I have maintained myself in, in my lane as a Republican native conservative. And uh, I'm, I'm conservative through and through, not only fiscally, but socially. And so I found it very interesting that people in El Paso would reach out to me asking, what are we going to do? And I wasn't too excited about his visit, of course. And I, I'm like, what is he going to do? What is he going to see that's not in the news already? That the videos are flying everywhere. And so what we, on the next day after it was announced, I went straight to one of the locations. Uh, well, I went to all the locations. But the one location that has become kind of famous is the one right by the Greyhound bus station, where it was very evident that the cleanup effort, I call it um, Operation Hide the Evidence, was underway. And so I stopped by the next morning at nine, I took some pictures and they already had uh, removed all the illegals and uh, they had piles of trash, blankets, clothes everywhere. And we're talking about, about a two block mile radius and then there was a few people there one of them of course was putting plastic bags over these piles so I took a few pictures I went around and of course one of the cleanup ladies that was wearing a mask I could not identify her but I saw her on the street because she was wearing a mask started yelling at me that I needed to go and of course this is how aggressive they are into hiding what is really going on so they left the other location the way it was what is very interesting to me is on Sunday a week ago Sunday um we, my husband and I, who retired from Border Patrol, we were interviewed by Fox News right on the border. And it's almost like a piece where Biden was walking when he came um, Sunday afternoon. So when my husband right away said, hey, wait a minute, where are all the people that were on the south side? And, and you see pictures everywhere where there was a lot of tents, people with their native country flags and just a lot of people in that area so they didn't just clean certain spots here in El Paso they they actually cleaned the south side and we got it from a very good source that they actually picked up all the people and flew them to the south of Mexico wow um <laughs> and that's the the optics that were on the other side of the border wall there's it's clean but he didn't he didn't he knows and, and this is what I always say now in these interviews is, is his dementia that advanced that he didn't know? Uh, so for him to have say that he's going to come and see what is really happening, you have to be blind and dumb to not realize really what is what is happening. And so that slowly, slowly yesterday during the visit of Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, you, they actually went down to the location where they cleaned up. And you started seeing some of these tents popping up again. And so there was right next to that area is our civic center, our convention center. And there was a thousand beds in that convention center. And all of a sudden they were full and all of a sudden they were empty. So what they have now started doing, and I've asked for um, for, for the EPISD El Paso uh, public schools to to actually give us the information as to what deal did they cut with the city because now they're using schools that are not no longer operational um they were going to transform them into administrative buildings and they have built all these other schools of course at tax dollar expense uh, making construction companies very wealthy here and so they are now placing them in these schools um so I want to know what the how many what was the deal that was struck, and I I can guarantee you that we the taxpayers are paying for that. And you know, you one of the things that Eric uh, Adams, mayor of New York, said was that they want to pressure all these mayors want to pressure 
the administration to do something to help with the crisis, what they're talking about is getting more money. And that's the reality of it. It all boils down to money. And it doesn't matter, and I've said it before, I think, on your show, it doesn't matter whether it's at the local, state, or national level. The money comes from the taxpayer. So whether it's FEMA, whether it's Congress, whatever, it all comes out of the pocket of taxpayers, legal, law-abiding American citizens. And if nothing else outrages you, that should outrage you because we are paying for those that have broken the law and are free to roam our streets here in El Paso. I just saw an article this morning where now El Paso has been classified as one of the ugliest cities in the nation. That's the branding that the Democrat leadership has left us with. And, um, for over 60 years, the Democrats have controlled El Paso, and that's what we have to show for it. We are now one of the ugliest cities in not in Texas, but in the nation also. Now, the congresswoman that you ran against, the Democrat, um, what is her name? Um, Veronica Escobar. Ver- Veronica Escobar. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember about uh, three, four years ago, she was very active in sending her staff across the border to uh, coax, to coach uh, illegals on what to say when they cross the border, how to declare asylum, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, she has been very, very active in encouraging illegal immigration, has she not? Well, what I can tell you, what I can tell you is any common sense person can look at this entire chaos and say this did not happen from one day to the next. Right. A Guatemalan, uh, Honduras person didn't wake up one day and say, um, you know, I've read the United States immigration law and there's a loophole in the asylum clause. I think I will walk to the border, cross over and use that to my advantage. This has to be planned for years before it actually happened. Why do I say that? Because we have lived here in El Paso with illegal immigration my entire life. I'm 52 years old. I was born and raised here. I've stayed here my entire life. And anybody that lives on the border, this is something that was just part of life on the border. You dealt with illegal immigration. But the way it happened in 2018 and 2019 and now, there has to be a master plan by wicked people, not only in other countries, but in our own country also, who have sold us out. And this to me, and I I may not be a PhD, I do have a master's degree, but I don't consider myself one of the most knowledgeable and smart people in in the world. But common sense people have to say, wait a minute, what happened? When did it happen? And what are they benefiting from? And who is the they? Because we have a complete problem here that, of course, Trump started exposing. And I see it even here at my local level, where even those that call themselves Republicans are now coming against me because we're exposing what is really happening and they want to talk about you know they want to talk about flowers and elephants and you know just cute little things and i just don't see how you as an american uh law-abiding tax-paying american that loves your freedoms could actually just stand by and say wait a minute this is much bigger than we actually realize and that even the conservative media is is sharing don't you at some point think we lived with these laws for decades why now and who started it and what are they benefiting and what is their purpose what is their purpose i mean i can't help but it's but feel and remember that obama said that we had that they had to transform exactly to transform america well here we are being transformed don't you think the immigration is really a distraction. We the real uh, pandemic is the Americans that are dying 
from fentanyl. Yep. From drug use. Yep. And I see it, and I so my, I have a binational relationship because I grew up going to Ciudad Juarez for church. Mi español es como de una nativa in Mexico. My first language is Spanish. And even they are saying, number one, we don't want them here. And I'm quoting. Yeah. We don't want them here, the people in Mexico. And number two, there's this is just a distraction. There's something bigger going on here. Yep, yep. I agree. Irene, thank you so much as usual for being on our show again. Uh, I got to get you on. I, I, you're gonna you're gonna become a regular guest for us because you're. Thank you. You've, you've you know, I so want to invite everybody to go to my to my new. Um, uh, endeavor. It's uh, bordersecuritycoalition.com. Bordersecuritycoalition.com. Sign up and we will keep you updated. We have to join forces. This cannot continue. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much, my friends. We've been speaking with our good friend Irene Armendariz Jackson from El Paso. And uh, you stay safe and we'll be in contact with you because. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think that this situation is going to get better anytime soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, and God bless you all. You got it. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Hey, folks, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, thank you for joining us today. I hope that uh, you will continue to to tune in. I hope that you will support us any way that you can. Uh, We have have our Facebook page. We have a... uh, uh, a, a, a Twitter account. We've got all, we're all over uh, social media. All you have to do is just Google uh, George Rodriguez El Conservador and you will find us. I hope that you will continue to listen to our program. We have some outstanding guests coming up this year. We hope that uh, you will continue to, to support us. Also, let me remind everyone that um, I'm available to come speak at your meetings. I am available to um, uh write uh, articles for any publication that you've got. I've also got a book that uh, I'm also uh, I've got on uh, uh, online that uh, you can purchase and uh, we you know we want to be sure my friends that you understand that uh, we're looking at at some troubled times with this illegal immigration issue my friends these are these are tough times and we need to find solutions. We need to discuss very openly and frankly what is going on. Until next time, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.